Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. the Hoist the Colors podcast. I am Stephen Igo, the host as always. We are nearing the 24-hour mark on this Thursday morning as I record. It'll probably be less than 24 hours until first pitch of the Greenville Super Regional as you guys listen to this. East Carolina, Texas, the right to go to Omaha on the line this weekend inside Clark LeClaire Stadium. We're going to be joined shortly by Jonathan Wagner of On3 Sports, former Hoist the Colors contributor. We'll give our predictions and we'll give our key player to watch for East Carolina. Talk about the matchup between Texas and ECU to close the show before giving our predictions. Do we think the Pirates make it to the College World Series for the first time in program history? We will both make our guesses. But on the other side, we're going to dive right into this thing, not waste much time. We're going to preview the Texas Longhorns with Jeff Howe from Horns 24-7, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. He will join us here on the other side. You're listening to the Hoist the Colors podcast and the Super Regional preview of the matchup between Texas and East Carolina. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I join now by Jeff Howe from Horns 24-7 to preview the matchup between East Carolina and Texas in the Super Regional in Greenville. Jeff, uh, thanks for coming on and a lot to discuss. Uh, first off, we'll just talk about this this Texas baseball team, man. It's been quite a, a season for them as well as East Carolina. I know they had some very high expectations coming into the year from your perspective covering the team. What has gone right uh, to allow them to get to this point? Yeah, uh, I don't think it gets any higher than being preseason number one in terms of expectations. And Texas is one of those places where expectations are always going to be high, regardless of what you bring back. But uh, you know, this is in my time following the program, in my time covering the program, uh, this is the the best Texas offense, the most complete Texas offense I've ever seen. 
Uh, that's the main reason why they, they are. I, I know everybody looks at Ivan Melendez's numbers, and he's already got the school record for single season home runs. He's got the school record for single season total bases. Uh, I don't think he's got right now, so he, he's going to get reasonably close, probably get to the, the 100 RBI mark. Um, but this isn't just a one-man offense for Texas. I mean, you, you know, Murphy Stelly's an All-American hitting behind him. I think that's a big reason why uh, teams have not had the luxury of being able to just, you know, ignore, intentionally walk Ivan or put him on base because Murphy Stelly's been so good. Uh, you know, you got several guys. Skyler Messenger's a grad transfer from Kansas who's been really, really good hitting uh, over 350. He was the actually the Austin Regional MVP. Uh, he's got double-digit home runs. Trey Faltini at shortstop. Yes, he does strike out a lot, but he does also hit a lot of home runs and one of the best defensive shortstops in the country. Uh, he's got double-digit home runs. You can say the same thing about Silas Arduan, a catcher, uh, one of the best defensive catchers in the country and, and also with double-digit home runs. And then uh, you've got a couple of guys. Dylan Campbell's kind of their utility guy with nine homers, and uh, Douglas Hodo's played a really good brand of center field. He's got eight. So, you know, we've seen Texas uh, be a team that, you know, in the past, they, they've been a small ball team. They had some thump last year, but I think as a complete offense, uh, you know, as good as they were, Stephen, offensively going into the Big 12 tournament, they were still leading the Big 12 and sacrifice hits. Uh, their short game has gotten really good as the year's gone on. So uh, I'm sure we'll talk about their pitching issues here in a second, but offensively, uh, this is an elite offense that has hit all kinds of pitching this year. Uh, and that is the biggest reason why Texas is in the spot. Yeah, it'll be an interesting matchup just from ECU's perspective. They use so many different arms uh, to try and keep teams kind of off balance, so I'm very interested to see that that power dynamic. And Clark Leclerc is a pretty hitter-friendly park, so I uh, wouldn't be surprised if there's some home runs this weekend uh, from Texas. All right, let's get into that pitching, Jeff. Uh, obviously, the, the two studs at the, the top of the rotation, their numbers uh, kind of speak for themselves, but Pete Hansen, Lucas Gordon, seems like there's a really good one-two punch there. Can you touch on those guys and then – uh, like you said, the depth after that, it seems like there's a, a bit of a drop-off after those two guys. Is that fair? Yeah, very fair. Pretty big drop-off. And I think Texas dealing with not to the extent that the ECU's dealt with. I know they've had some injuries, and obviously, you know, Wizard Hunt's suspension really put a damper on what that rotation could have been. But, you know, Texas, uh, they got a couple series into the season and, and lost Tanner Witt, who's, who's a guy that's projected to be a first-round type guy in 2023, uh, lost him – uh, for the year with the UCL that required Tommy John. So he's on the men right now. Uh, you know, Lucas Gordon was actually starting the year supposed to be the midweek guy. They felt good about Pete Hansen as the Friday night guy. And, uh, you know, a guy that doesn't overpower you with velo, just a high spin rate guy. Uh, when the changeup is on, it, it's really, really tough to hit. Uh, so Hansen's been as good as advertised, but Gordon was supposed to be the midweek guy and just kind of went into the Sunday role, the number three role when, when went, went out. And then this Tristan Stevens struggled and uh, he's made the transition, was a bullpen guy, was a, was an all big 12 starter last year, had double digit wins in their run to Omaha. And now he's back in the bullpen kind of where he's more comfortable. I think a guy that could come in in a, in a messy inning and, and get you out of a tough spot. But Gordon has worked his way up from the midweek guy to now he's the, the number two guy. And uh, just, you know, I, I think the Louisiana Tech game in the regional, he pitched that Saturday game that Texas won, kind of epitomizes what he's been doing. You know, he's got good stuff, but even when the stuff isn't there, he's been able to just kind of gut out some innings for them. Uh, you know, another lefty like Hanson. So, yes, those two guys at the top, and then there is a drop-off. You know, uh, ECU fans, you'll see Tristan Stevens potentially a lot. Like I said, a, a guy that uh, bullpen hand to starter, now back to bullpen. So he'll, he'll run it up. The velo will be there a little bit kind of, low to even you know it's a mid 90s uh in the regional 
uh, and, and just a guy that's a, just a really, really good competitor. Yeah, I, I think Hanson included. I don't think there's a guy David Pierce trusts more to go get a critical out in a ball game than Stevens. And after those three men, it really is a crapshoot. You know, the, the, their relief guys actually pitched really well in the regional. Uh, but whether you're talking about uh, Jared Southern, Travis Stelly, uh, Andre Duplantier is a guy that uh, went through Tommy John last year. So this is his first year back from Tommy John. Uh, the bullpen has kind of been up and down. And, and this is a bullpen quite frankly, that hasn't had their best hand. Uh, Aaron Nixon was a lights-out closer last year, who, quite frankly, has just not been able to command the fastball this year. So I don't even know if, if ECU will see Nixon at all. He didn't pitch in the regional. Uh, and that's kind of unfathomable to think about Texas being at this point with Aaron Nixon pretty much being a non-factor. So those you'll definitely see Hanson. You'll definitely see Gordon. You'll definitely see Stevens. Uh, who you see beyond that, though, is anybody's guess. It's just going to depend on matchups and, and kind of feel for David Pierce. We're speaking with Jeff Howe. He covers Texas for Horns 24-7, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, Jeff, I don't know if you were at the, the press conference yesterday with David Pierce or not, but at least ECU fans are making a big deal about the <laughs> comments he made about the jungle and, you know, they call it the jungle and they, and they act like, I don't know, I think it's kind of overblown from my perspective. But uh, what's Texas's mindset coming here? I mean, obviously, I don't think Texas would be coming to East Carolina to play in any sport unless, you know, they have to, like they do in this case uh, with ECU getting the national seed nod. Do you feel like they're in a good spot mentally, even though they're, they are having to come a, you know across the country on the road to maybe a place they aren't too familiar with? Yeah, I mean, for the Texas program, this is the first Super Regional Texas has played on the road since 2005. You know, when that team that won the national championship had to go to Oxford to win a Super Regional. Um, I, I think, you know, he's – I think what people have to remember about David Pierce, you know, he was – uh, Wayne and assistant under Wayne Graham for a long time at Rice, was the head coach of Tulane. Uh, so he's taken teams to Greenville. And, and I think the comments were kind of in the context of what he's told his team. Okay, here's what you need to expect. I think basically trying to prepare them for worst case scenario, just in case they don't have their heads wrapped around what a tough place to, what a tough place it is to play. And, and I think for for Texas, they played in tough environments. I mean, they, they've gone to, to, to Lubbock to play Texas Tech, which is a tough place. Uh, this core group of guys, you know, they've been to College Station to play Texas and then they've been to Stillwater to play Oklahoma State. So, uh, you know, they earlier this year, they had a game at Minute Maid Park against LSU with 25,000 fans in the stands, and uh, it was a pretty heavy LSU presence. So they, they've been in some tough environments. But I, I think the ECU environments, even you can attest this, it's just different. Like, it's tough that there are certain aspects, whether – it's TCU or Texas Tech or Texas State, some of the tougher road environments Texas has been in. You know, for as far as David Pierce is concerned, it, it's kind of a little bit, all of those kind of meshed together. And I, what I was impressed with, and he mentioned this, David Pierce did, watching the game against Coastal on Monday, I think the fact that ECU fans, the fact that similar to Texas A&M fans in terms of they are invested in every single pitch and you really feel that, uh, I think it was just more of, He's been there. He knows what to expect and really getting his team to understand, hey, if you haven't gotten your heads around the fact that this is going to be a really tough place to play, you need to understand that because it is not going to be easy to go in there and win two baseball games this week. Yeah, and I know you only got a few minutes left, Jess, so we'll get you out of here on this. And I, I do think it'll be a phenomenal atmosphere. Kind of a shame that it's at 12 noon, at least the first two games, because I think that'll take away a little bit just from the atmosphere. But I, it sounds like it's still the, the hottest ticket in ECU baseball history, for sure. First ever Super Regional. So I'm expecting a great atmosphere both days. Uh, you know, if, if, as you kind of diagnose this series, 
it sounds like if you're Texas, and obviously in an ideal world, they go 2-0 and and don't have to use guys past Hanson Gordon and too many guys past Stevens out of the pen. But if it gets yep. to that third game, you know, what's the confidence level uh, on Texas's end as far as the pitching plan for that game? Ideally, would they, you know, obviously want to win game one, but try to wrap it up in two in a, in a perfect world? Yeah, I, that's the best case scenario. It, it, let's let's hypothetically let's go down that road real quick. If it does get to game three, I think in some way, shape, or form, the three guys you would see, you would see Travis Stelly, uh, who pitched the regional final against Air Force. He started that game. You would see Jared Southerd, who, who, you know, all things considered, when he's right, I don't know if there's a pitcher on this staff that's got better just pure stuff than Jared Southerd. Uh, and you would see, again, Drake Duplantier, a guy I talked about a little bit earlier, who had TJ last year. He's coming back from that. I think you would see some combination of those three guys. But, you know, in, in an if necessary game, uh, and, and, and David even mentioned it uh, in his press conference in Austin before the team left on Wednesday, uh, he wouldn't he wouldn't completely eliminate the idea of in an if necessary game if Pete Hansen could go give you an inning to get you three outs. Uh, you know, how they managed Tristan Stevens the first two games would be really huge in terms of how much you can use him for that third game. So I, I think, honestly, Stephen, if it did get to a third game, I think everybody on that staff, with the exception of Lucas Gordon, who would have pitched the day before, it would be literally an all-hands-on-deck situation for Texas. Yeah, I think it would be similar for ECU just because nobody really goes past four or five innings. So we'll see what happens, man. It should be a fun weekend inside Clark Claire Stadium. Jeff, I know you're making the trip, so looking forward to uh, seeing you and meeting you in the press box. And uh, we'll connect. Maybe we'll get you some uh, Eastern North Carolina barbecue. You can compare it to some Texas barbecue. I'm, I'm looking forward to really, really looking forward to this trip. Uh, I've had a, you know, kind of sunk my teeth into the ECU team uh, in that game against Coastal on Monday for obvious reasons. And, uh, you know, really appreciated just watching the atmosphere. I can't wait to experience it. I've, I've been to some really cool atmospheres, been to Omaha. Uh, but I, I think this one this weekend is going to be special. He is Jeff Howhorns 24-7. Check it out on the 24-7 Sports Texas site. All right, on the other side, we will take more of an East Carolina perspective look with Jonathan Wagner from On3 Sports. He will join us to discuss the Greenville Super Regional as the Pirates take on the Texas Longhorns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And welcome back into the Hoist the Colors podcast. Steve and I go here. I am joined now by Jonathan Wagner from On3 Sports. He joined us after the regional field was announced along with Scott Lorbatcher and Jonathan you're now here solo as we are previewing the Greenville Super Regional it still sounds and sounds I can't even speak I'm so excited it still sounds insane to say right yeah absolutely I mean we said it before the regional but look back two months ago and we didn't think ECU at least I didn't I didn't think ECU was in the tournament field at all and here we are two wins away from going to Omaha so I'm really excited yeah, it's – man, I really thought that uh, – I thought it was set up to fail, not like because ECU always does, but in any sport. 
but like you know, you finally get that chance to be a national seed, and I feel like this team got a really tough regional draw, and it just kind of almost felt too perfect. Like, hey, the NCAA is throwing them a bone finally, but then they're going to drop the ball in their own regional, and they're not even going to get a chance to host. Like, I feel like a lot of ECU fans I talked with kind of had that feeling going into the regional. But the Pirates found a way, and they're now going to host a Super Regional against the University of Texas, probably the most storied program in college baseball history. They've been to Omaha more than any than any team in Division One baseball. ECU, of course, has never been, despite many near falls. And uh, it should be a great weekend inside Clark and Claire. And Jonathan, the tickets, man, the uh, the ticket demand is just insane right now. Like. I usually get a lot of texts about regional tickets and, hey, what can I do to get them and, and all this. But people are, like, texting me saying, hey, man, like, where can I find tickets? How do I get tickets? I'm just like, bro, I don't know. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to get a credential, which I, I know we'll get at least one. But it's just uh, – it seems kind of insane out there right now. What's your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're the athletic department, you know, it's a good problem to have. You know, literally everyone in Greenville wants to be in Clark LeClaire this weekend and everyone outside of Greenville, Texas folks, obviously. So it's, re- it's really cool to look at it, but, you know, as someone who is no longer with Hoist the Colors and does not have a press pass, I'm a little stressed out, you know. I keep uh, refreshing my email. I'm refreshing it literally right now as we're talking, uh, refreshing the Pirate Club website, just waiting and hoping that – just give me one ticket. I put in for four. All I Just give me one. Give me my ticket. In the end, that's all I care about, but – it's it's a it's a really cool cool thing to look at but at the same time it's it's crazy because like i said literally everyone wants to be inside clark leclerc it is going to be jam-packed i think we're going to blow past the new records for attendance that we did last weekend for regionals those numbers are going to be passed up pretty easily i think so i'm excited but i really just hope i can get my hands on some tickets and make myself in and so, just to be clear, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. The Pirate Club still sorting through the process of who, how many tickets each person is going to get because you request so many. I think Ryan Robinson tweeted out this morning, 7,500 ticket requests from the Pirate Club and season ticket holders, and they can only accommodate 4,600 tickets in terms of what they can allocate or allocate to ECU fans and all that sort of stuff because texas i think gets 600 you have to uh admit so many to the general public which i think they did 100 this morning per ncaa rules they were gone in about 45 seconds and i think ronnie woodward somehow scooped up four of those so uh if you're looking for tickets bug ronnie sorry ronnie um (laughs) but no no it's it's just it's gonna be crazy even with the 12 noon starts jonathan um like I was, uh, I was not worried about the attendance. I was worried about the atmosphere and like how much of a hit it would take. You would have people who maybe got tickets and wouldn't go. But now I'm under the impression that everybody that has tickets is going to be there and it's going to be loud. Whether they start at 6 a.m. noon, yeah, we all want night starts or prime time starts or even afternoon starts. But I think it's going to be a hell of an atmosphere this weekend, uh, just from talking to people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you, you said at the start, Texas is one of, if not the most storied college baseball programs in the history of the sport. It's Texas is a really good team this year, obviously the nine seed, and we all know what's, what's on the line for ECU. So you know, we could talk about it, but we all know. First trip to Omaha, it's, it's crazy to think about. But I think the atmosphere, everyone's going to be there. Everyone that has a ticket will be there. And I think 
at this point, the people who end up getting tickets, even if they can't make it, I think the people who will have tickets will also be making sure that those tickets are used. I know I will if, for example, I work on Saturday morning, so I'm not going to be able to go on Saturday most likely. So if that ends up being the case and I have tickets, I will be making sure someone used my ticket. So it's going to be packed. I think the atmosphere is going to be crazy. This past weekend was crazy and I'm really excited, but I'm, I'm definitely ready to know. And I know everyone else is too, what exactly the situation is going to be. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing how productive you are at work on Saturday. Uh, I'll be keeping track of how many articles you write uh, between 12 noon and 3 PM. Um, I'll keep a close eye on that, but no, nah, let's get into Texas. I took a look at them earlier, Jonathan, but man, um, Ivan Melendez, he's batting 404. He's got 30 bombs, 90 RBIs. His own base percentage is uh, 522. Is that good? Is that good? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. That's gonna be a. I'd say so. That's gonna be a, a trouble. And the problem is like, yeah, he's good, but the dude batting out, I, I don't know their order, but uh, the the guy that's second on their team in hitting, by the way, is hitting 372 with 17 bombs, 22 doubles. So it's like. Yeah, Melendez is a stud, but it's not like he's the only one. They got another guy hitting 370 with 10 bombs. I mean, this lineup is legit. They're batting 317 as a team, 118 bombs. Uh, they've got the best fielding percentage in the country. Um, we'll get into the pitching in a little bit, but, I mean, this Texas team, probably outside of Tennessee, is is the most talented I think pound for pound team in the country. There was a reason they were preseason number one. Just your thoughts on this matchup when you when you kind of look into it a little bit. Yeah, I mean Texas is obviously a really good team. Ivan Melendez scares the crap out of me, but you know I think that's what you want. You get to this time of the year, you're going to have to beat the best teams if you want to achieve your ultimate goals. If you want to make it to Omaha and if you want to make a run there, you're going to have to beat these types of teams. So I don't think. We've all watched the CCU team all year long. Battle, they battled back through everything pretty much this year. And even when they get down, they're never out. Even even the this past weekend against the first game against Coastal on Sunday, you know the game was uh, the game everyone thought was over. You know, getting late when Coastal took the big lead. But I kept saying it's like this team. This is what they've been doing all year. They get behind, but they find a way to come back and. When I look forward to Texas, I think it's no different. I think, yeah, on paper, Texas is probably a better team. Texas is probably favored to win. And realistically, not a lot of people are probably going to give ECU a chance. But I think that's when ECU is at their best. So, you know, it's a, it's a really talented team. But ECU, I think, can hang with anybody. I think they've shown that this year. And I'm really excited because you don't, you don't get these types of opportunities to see this very often. Yeah, I don't think Texas is ever coming back here unless they're made to. So, like, in any sport. And so this is a rare opportunity to see the University of Texas in Greenville, North Carolina. And um, they can hit. You know, their one weakness by far is pitching depth. They lost one of their top starters, similar to ECU at the beginning of the year. Tanner Witt is kind of their presumed ace, and he went down to injury. Will not. He went down to injury in February, will not return. But they've had two lefties step up. Pete Hansen is an experienced guy. He's their number one Friday night guy. Not overpowering, you know, but 89-91 change-up slider. Just knows how to pitch. And he's a lefty. He's 11-1, 308 ERA, 112 strikeouts to 18 walks. I mean, that is a ridiculous 
okay to walk number, so you know that he is going to be in the zone. You're going to have to beat him. He's not going to beat himself. And he has given up 14 bombs. He will give up the long ball, but it's very tough to string innings and hits against him together. Um, their number two starter, also a lefty, young lefty, 7-1, 2-3-6 ERA, Lucas Gordon. Uh, similar profile, but different pitcher, 71 strikeouts to 22 walks in 80 innings. Um, has only given up one home run this season despite throwing 80 innings, which is kind of amazing. Um, so they got two legit starters, but then there's a steep drop-off. They don't really have a number three. I mean, most teams in college baseball don't, especially after an injury to your number one guy. Their bullpen, most of their top guys outside of a couple have an ERA over four. They do have excellent strikeout numbers. You would expect big-time stuff. But there's a drop-off, and it's cost them some games. It cost them a national seed. You know, they, they're not unbeatable. They lost two out of three at South Carolina. Uh, they got swept against Oklahoma State. They lost two out of three at Kansas State. So when I look at this matchup, like, basically I just have to think you, you find a way to win one of the first two games, and you go into that that third game. I mean, ideally, of course, you sweep it. But, you know, I think that's going to be a tall order. If you could win one of the first two and get to Sunday, I think you've got a good shot. Just when you look at these pitching matchups, Jonathan, what concerns you? What do you like um, on the pitching side of things against the Longhorns? Yeah, I think, like you said, if you can if you can find a way to win one of those two games, I feel pretty good. If you win game one, you just have to win one of the next two. I think you, you can do that. If you win game two, then you have momentum going into the winner-take-all game three. So I agree with you on that standpoint. But, yeah, I mean, those pitchers, ECU loves going up against some teams with really talented one-two punches in the rotation in Super Regionals. We've, we've seen it year and year again. But like you, like you pointed out, some of these guys are beatable. I think ECU's lineup is good enough to – I think they can hit the best pitching in the, in the country. And Texas, Texas is going to bring some good pitchers, but ECU's got some good hitters as well. But it is concerning a little bit. And it just depends to ECU's rotation, how that shakes out. But, you know, uh, like I said earlier, you, you have to beat the best, and Texas is one of the best. So find a way to win one of the first two, and I feel pretty good. Ideally, like you said, you sweep, but just take it one game at a time. You you have to play to win game one, and then you figure out game two when you get to game two. And if you get to game three, you figure that out. So we'll see. We just talked to Cliff Goblin on Wednesday. He confirmed C.J. Mayhew will get the start on Friday night, so it'll most likely be C.J. Mayhew versus Pete Hansen. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of questions. Hey, should Carter Spivey be the starter now or Saturday starter? Should he start game two? For me, and I feel like ECU will play it this way, if you got a chance to win game one, you're using Carter Spivey game one. Like, you do everything possible to win game one because – I mean, your odds are going to skyrocket if you find a way to win game one. You're at home. They got to come back and beat you twice. You know, if they were at home, it'd maybe be a different story. But I, I think if you win game one as a home team, your odds got to go way up. Um, and so you find a way to try and win that game one. Now, some people have posed the question or the, the theory that, let's say ECU wins game one but does not use Spivey. Let's say they win six to one or something, and maybe Sailor or Terwilliger come in or Agnos, they close it out. Somehow you save Spivey. You're up one oh in the series. Do you turn around and use Spivey game two, or do you get cute and save him for the finale, knowing that Texas has to burn its other starter in game two? 
Um, I can see the argument both ways. I know which way I would go. Uh, Jonathan, I'll let you answer first. Um, what what would you do in that scenario? It, you know, I don't know if ECU can win game one without Spivey or will even try to, but if it does happen to play out that way. Yeah, I mean – like I said, I think you have to play. You have to play game one to win game one. Nothing else matters. So it it, it really all depends on what ECU's offense is able to do. I think and what Mayhew does. So I mean, it. I think Garrett Sale looked really good this weekend in the regional. I thought. So I think you know if you say you turn to Garrett Saylor after Mayhew on Friday and say he either goes the rest of the way or like you said a Terwilliger or an Agnos can come in if you need another inning, then cool. But honestly, I mean, it, it all depends on how many pitches. If you do call call on Carter Spivey, I, I wouldn't hate the idea if he throws an inning on Friday night, turn him around and start him on Saturday. Because he looked really good in his start this past weekend. Um, Monday, I guess it was. And the days are running together in my head. But I, I, re- I really don't think you can start playing the game of saving guys you know, there was a there was a debate last weekend about who starts game one for ECU. And I, I was on the fence of, you know, you start your guy, you start Mayhew. So I think I'm gonna stick to a similar approach here. And you use your guys to win game one and you, you figure it out from there. Cause if you start saving guys and that whatnot, then you don't want to get yourself in a situation where you have to win two games in a row against Texas. You have to win on Friday. So I think if you use Spivey, you use Spivey, but I wouldn't hate the idea of him starting on Saturday either. I think if he's available, I think you kind of have to. Yeah, I think if there's a scenario where, to be honest, I don't see a scenario where ECU wins game one without using Spivey or if it's a close game. I just think they're going to go to him. I mean, I think if it's a 3-3 game in the seventh, you go to Spivey. Like, I mean, you got to win that first game or at least try to. So, I mean, to me – I guess the ideal scenario, unless ECU wins like nine to one and can save everybody, which seems unlikely to say the least, or loses nine to one, then obviously you turn around and use Spivey in game two if he hasn't been burned. But uh, you know, then you could start Spivey game two if you win in a blowout fashion. I feel like I would just do it because you know I'm not a big fan of saying, "Hey, let's wait till game three to use our guy," because. You know, then you're almost sending the message to your team that uh, this game doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go with uh, we're gonna go with whoever and punt this game so we have game three. And maybe strategically, that's the best play. Maybe I'm just an idiot. I don't know. Um, but I feel like you almost just want to wrap it up then, then, and not give them any momentum, and then take your shot game three bullpen versus bullpen and see who's left standing. But I, I, I kind of feel like it'll play out this way. If ECU wins game one, they're likely going to use their best bullpen arms, even if it's like five to three or like five to one, something like that. Like you're not going to want to give Texas any momentum in the late inning, so you're going to use your best guys. And then if you lose game two, then you can bring Spivey back, whoever on game three, kind of like we saw this weekend. He threw 43 pitches on Saturday. He came back Monday, started the championship game on one day's rest, goes five innings. So. As long as he doesn't go out and throw 70 pitches on Friday, you could bring him back for a game three, assuming there is a game three. So I think, long story short, ECU is going to play this the same way they have all year. They're not going to get cute. They're going to worry about one game at a time. And that's how you have to play it in a Super Regional, especially when you don't really have a 1-2-3 rotation or even really a 1-2. 
kind of just have, hey, we know CJ May, CJ Mayhew's starting. Who the hell knows what's going to happen after that? We'll figure it out. And it's been working, so keep doing it. So I, I agree, don't get too cute uh, for sure. All right, Jonathan, let's get close to wrapping this up. Um, before we make our prediction, all right, key players, just give me one. Give me one guy who you feel like has to come through this weekend, whether it be pitching, position player, anywhere on the diamond that you feel like has to have a good weekend for the Pirates to move in advance to Omaha. I've got a couple guys in mind, but I think I'm going to I'm I'm gonna go maybe this is a little off the board, but I'm gonna go with someone like an Alec Makarevich. Because you you look at the top of ECU's lineup, you know what you're getting from Agnos, Hoover, Worrell, and Jacob Jenkins Cowart. But I think against a team like Texas with the pitching they have, you're going to need guys at the bottom of that order to come through and try to get on base, try to come through with a big hit. You're not going to get by just with those guys at the top. So I think if someone like Alec Makarevich probably hitting in the seven or eight hole, realistically eight, if he can come through with a couple big hits on the weekend and kind of lengthen that lineup a little bit, then I think that's such an added bonus. He got a hold of hold of a ball this weekend, sent it very far. So I think I think he's a guy, if he can come through at at the plate with a couple big hits, then ECU's in a good position. And I also I'll be interested to see he I don't want to say misplay, but he didn't play a couple of balls right in the field this weekend. So I'll be interested to see how he kind of bounces back. But he's been a guy, he's been down in the bottom of the lineup and he's come through at times all year. So I think he's someone who will really be important this weekend once you get past that really one, two, three, four in the lineup. So I was reading about Texas. Uh, this is per D1Baseball.com and – Basically, they got a, a opposing scout to size up both ECU and Texas. And the consensus about Texas was, hey, this team is extremely right-handed heavy in the lineup. They are really freaking good. But they can be susceptible to guys with a hard fastball and a slider. To me, Garrett Saylor has the best slider on the team. Uh, I think he's got a chance. If he is good Garrett Saylor and his slider's breaking, and he can command his fastball slash sinker, whatever he's throwing these days, that dances all over the place. I just feel like he's a guy that could enter in the fifth, sixth inning of one of these games and just go the, the rest of the way. Maybe he starts a game if, if ECU gets into a situation where they need him to start. And I feel like this could be a favorable matchup for him if he executes uh, the way he's capable of executing. We've seen him when he gets on a roll, man. He is tough to hit, and... I think this could be a, a good weekend for him. We talked about him earlier. He pitched pretty well in the regional. I know he gave the home run to uh, our favorite bat-flipping boy, uh, Nick Lucky, uh, who was a lefty, by the way. So, yeah, I just feel like it's a good matchup. And the other thing, too, C.J. Mayhew's a lefty, but he pitches better against righties because he's got the changeup um, that really neutralizes righties. He doesn't really have a great breaking ball, and so it's almost he pitches better against righties. So I think even though he's a lefty, Against a righty-heavy lineup, it's not as big of a concern. Um, I don't know the splits, but I do know that he tends to pitch pretty well against righties. So I think both those guys are key, but I'm going Garrett Saylor. All right, Jonathan, let's wrap it up on this. It's prediction time, the moment of truth. We've talked about it. East Carolina needs a home Super Regional realistically to advance to Omaha to break the glass ceiling. Do they get it done this weekend against the University of Texas? What is your prediction? 
Uh, I'm going to go game by game here. I think just a gut feeling, I think Texas is going to take game one. I think ECU comes back and wins game two. And like I said earlier, I think if that happens, ECU gets a little momentum going into game three. With the Clark LeClaire crowd behind, I don't see ECU losing that a game three winner take all type of game. So I think I think this is the year that ECU breaks through and goes to Omaha. It's still crazy to be saying that right now, but I'm gonna say it. ECU wins game two and game three and wins the super regional. Man, it would be uh it would be special. Part of me really wants to predict a 2-0 sweep for the Pirates. Like, I really want to do it. I have a feeling. I have a feeling, but I'm just like, I'm looking at these pitching matchups, and I'm like, ECU, can they realistically beat both these guys? I don't know. But damn it, Jonathan, yes. They can (laughs) beat them both. They will beat them both. The Pirates are going to sweep the Texas Longhorns. Uh, I think they will win game one in dramatic fashion. And then I think they, they will open up a lead in game two. And I think the Pirates are going to the College World Series. I just think this team is special. And I will say this. You know, I'm predicting a win. Uh, By the way, I also did predict that the Pirates would lose Sunday in the regional, come back and win Monday. Uh, I I thought it would be to Virginia, but it was to Coastal. So I I was half right on that, Jonathan. Um, (laughs) But no, I, I feel like... I just feel like this team is 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 the one, man. And I, you know, I'm not trying to put any pressure on them. If they lose, it's still a phenomenal season, you know, considering where they came from. Cliff Goblin today feels like they're still playing with house money. I think he's trying to take pressure off the guys. But um, I just got a feeling about this team, and I honestly don't know if Texas is that fired up about coming to Greenville, North Carolina. It is North Carolina, right? Um, <laughs> I think so. Uh, to to play for the chance to go to Omaha, like I know that they are obviously fired up and motivated because they're in the sweet 16 of college baseball, but I kind of could see ECU catching them off guard. Like who at the university of Texas really knows about ECU. So I, I, I think that plays to ECU's advantage along with not having to travel. So we'll see, man, either way, it's going to be a, a hell of a weekend inside Clark and Claire. We're counting down the hours. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. Like I said, I hope I'll be there. I'm going to find my way in either way, but Man, I'm pumped. It's like I said earlier, it's a once in a lifetime type of thing. And this program has been waiting for a moment like this. And I think they're going to take advantage of it. Win or lose, like you said, it's been a hell of a season. Whether this team is this, this team is something else, this is special. And that's ultimately why I think they're going to make it through. And we'll be having another conversation this time next week. Yeah, breaking down the uh the college world series bracket. It would be sweet. All right, that is Jonathan Wagner. I am Stephen Igo, and you've been listening to the Hoist the Colors podcast. We will be back with you after the Super Regional to break it all down, win or lose. We'll talk about it, but hopefully the Pirates are advancing to the College World Series for the first time in program history. You've been listening to the Hoist the Colors podcast.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.